Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry at Midwestern Seminary and the author in residence. And it's a great day today. I'm here once again with my friend and colleague, assistant director of marketing, pastor at Emmaus Church, managing editor of For the Church, Mr. Soon-to-be Dr. Ronnie Kurtz. (laughs) How are you, brother? I'm doing well. How are you, Jared? I'm doing well. You know, it occurred to me, um, so this last week as we were prepping to record, I started thinking about, uh, I think I think more about this banter time than I do about <laughs> the actual content of the episode. <laughs> I do more planning for the banter. And I got to tell you, I faced a predicament. Oh, no. Which is, I thought it's probably about time to uh, come up with another beef. Jared's okay. beef. It's yeah. been a little while. It's been a minute. And here's the thing, brother. I could not think of a beef. Hey, welcome to my world. I think the Lord is working in my life. Wow, Jared. I, I think am I, so proud, brother. I think this is I think I'm being sanctified that I don't Whoa. have like nothing came to mind. I mean, you know, throughout the day there's always little annoyances and irritations, but I couldn't think of a significant enough complaint. Wow. To want to bring it to bear as an official beef on on the program. There you go. Okay. What if I blow your mind and say that I have one? Oh, I love it. This is where the tables. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. <laughs> I love it, man. When you bring okay. in office quotes. Uh, Ron- great, Ronnie's yeah. beef. What is Ronnie's beef? I got to okay. hear Okay. I don't have many, as you guys know. but And this one's a little more serious than playful. But my beef uh-huh. this week is, and I get it. There's a lot to complain about right now. But I think I am developing a an allergy, as it were, or a beef with, I totally understand the, the the desire or the impulse to like want to point out bad things about uh, companies or institutions or whatever publicly. You know, you have a bad experience with an airline and you take the Twitter and, you know, you say at Southwest, you know, hey, this was a terrible situation. But I think I'm developing an allergy for when that constitutes even 50 percent of your of your tweets when like. <laughs> A you actually negative. follow people that do that? Fifty <laughs> percent businesses, but like you know, their their thing is like you know bullying churches, bullying seminaries, bullying uh, denominations. Like that's kind of all they do. Fifty percent or more of their tweets are negative. Uh, those folks are getting a quick mute on my end. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there, there you go. There's my beef. Be try to be a little more positive these days. Yeah. Well, as a managing editor of uh, for the church. Um, and as a former ed- uh, managing editor for the church, I feel your pain because you oversee, <laughs> in a way, yes. so- social media for the institution. And so you see a fair number of pot shots and nitpicks. And, yeah. And, and of sometimes course, out of left field, I saw. And denominations. I saw, Go ahead. Yeah. I, well, I, I just saw one yesterday, um, not by anybody I followed. It, this is what I, okay, here's a beef. That's <laughs> oh, no. I, I found one. I should have. I found one. Be well, you my beef, in the get along game. It's not a huge beef, but it's kind of annoying that Twitter shows you things that people you follow like. Yes. Yeah. The like <clears throat> retweet, we call it. Yeah. 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 It has nothing to do with. Yeah. It's not a retweet. Yeah. It's something they liked. And it's like, you may want to see this. <clears throat> Man, my beef. Excuse me, and I, and I don't want to see it. <sighs> yeah. And I don't want to see it. And. And so, you know, but I see it and it was a pot shot at Midwestern um, and it was outrageous. Like the things they were saying, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go into details, but I just thought 
gosh, like you guys are sinning. Like this is a long thread. I read the thread underneath this post, this long thread of people making accusation. I mean, it had no basis in reality. Yeah. Um, is just, yeah, it's not that happens on social media. Yeah, it happens on, on social media where we just, we, we assume a narrative about someone yep. or someone's That's motives right. and it, and it goes crazy, but man, it's well, I was almost there. I almost didn't have a beef. And then you set me up. For oh that. man. I should have just, you were a member of the get along gang. <clears throat> and my beef brought you down. I am so yeah. sorry. Well, and I was going to say, you almost I'm, had me on another one too. Cause when you started off talking about complaining about businesses, I almost tweeted about the Liberty, Missouri Chick-fil-A last night. Oh, uh, well, uh, Hey, look, that <laughs> deserves a tweet. I, I am a member been there? of the get along gang and I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm putting them on blast right now. Uh, <laughs> the, the the game is so every, we go there every Wednesday night. So this is not a small sampling, but on the way home, we we always get Chick Fil A Wednesday night. And the game now That's is the most Baptist thing you ever. Said. I know, I know. Three years, <laughs> yeah, on the way home from church, yeah. So my daughter now on the way home from youth group picks up you know Chick Fil A for us. Uh, the game that we play at our house is how'd they get the order wrong tonight. <laughs> And this it's, is the only Chick-fil-A in existence that does this. Yes, exactly. That's why it's so weird. If it were like Captain D's or something, it would just be like, oh, Captain D's, you know? Yeah. That's just, like just what you expect. Yeah. You don't expect this at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's not even a, a question of are they going to or did they? It's how did they this time? Yes, that's, that's how right. regular this is and how anomalous an experience Look, this to is. To conclude my beef. <laughs> there, for sure, institutions and seminaries and companies are often deserving of critique. However, if that's your mo, if that's the only thing you're posting, you you need a little more sunshine and optimism in your life. Uh, maybe right. watch a few episodes of Mr. Rogers and come back to social media. There you go. Well, <laughs> I, I should I should repent because you got me going. I didn't have a beef, and now I had two that I just shared. Well, so complaint. There's probably lesson. a proverb about complaints stirring other complaints. Uh, but but your complaint is good and 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 righteous and mine are just petty and <laughs> and personal. It's not a big deal. My 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 daughter is always just like you know, um, reminding me this is a first world problem. You know, for these things. Like, sure. Oh, is. I'm sorry. It was nuggets instead of strips, Dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's still chicken. You know. <laughs> that is amazing. You know, but in anyway, yeah. I guess it's the the result of entitlement and and that sort of thing. Um, hey, speaking of entitlement, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with our subject at all. Good luck uh, turning this yeah, one, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're talking about elders meetings today and how to run a fruitful or successful elders meeting. Uh, and there's a reason why our banter has run seven minutes now. Um, we probably don't have a, a whole lot to say about this subject. It's maybe a shorter episode. Yeah. Uh, maybe you've got some things that you... Um, can kind of lay out for us. I just thought what we do is kind of each take a turn explaining the, uh, our experience with elders meetings, how we structured them, scheduled them to make them most beneficial and fruitful, not just for our pastors, but for, um, yeah, the the reverberating effect for mm -hmm. shepherding the congregation as well. So uh, tell us about Emmaus Church. What do the elders meetings look like? How often you meet? What happens at a meeting, et cetera? Yeah, we are uh, seven years in as a church now, and our elders' meetings have evolved, of course. You know, they used to be weekly. They went bi-weekly. Right now, as we've gained elders at Emmaus, we have six elders now. Uh, they're monthly. And at our elders' meetings, we have both lay elders and uh, vocational elders. So two of our six guys are full-time. Four six of us have full-time jobs. Um, and the elders meetings has all six present 
And a few things I would just say about our elders meetings is one, uh, to be totally transparent, and you, I'm sure you felt this before, Jared, there are many things in ministry, even as the pastor, you want to be excited for it, but you just, you know, if you're being totally honest, you would rather, you know, sit at home and watch a football game or something or, or, or read, a, <laughs> read a good book or something. And you're doing it because you love the people, but you don't really want to be there. Well, our elders meetings have never really been that for me. They have always been one of the few things that consistently just stir my soul and that I, I'm eager to go to. And that's I know there are probably some listeners saying, well, how in the world did you get there? And I think a few things that we have done with our elders meetings that have that have that effect on me are this one, there is a clear agenda. So uh, some listeners might not like that might sound overly formulaic, but we have a clear agenda before every elders meeting. We know exactly what we're going to talk about. We know the discipline issues we need to talk about. We know the financial issues we need to talk about. We know the vision and preaching issues we need to talk about. And we lay all those out kind of in categories. And so, uh, so it's helpful for me, you know, as a busy guy to kind of come in and know we're actually going to get work done uh, as an achiever, at least that, that that's good for me at the same time with our elders meetings, even though we have an agenda, part of that agenda is those elder meetings are where our elders are getting shepherded largely. Uh, we take time and it's built in time to pastor one another in a way that we really can't outside of elders meetings. And so our elders meetings are where our pastors confess sin to one another. They are where our pastors uh, explain hurts and things that are going on in our lives. We kind of end every elders meeting by just listening in and checking in on one another and how each other's families are doing and how, you know, we're doing with any, any issue going on and just really pastor one another. And then <clears throat> something else that matters is we, we, try to purposely make our elders meetings somewhat fun. Uh, and we, we want to enjoy our time with one another. And so one of the ways that I have seen that be able to happen is if your elders are not talking at all outside of elders meetings, well, then your elders meetings really have to be kind of all about business and getting stuff done because you're not you're not communicating. But if you're kind of consistently communicating, so for instance, we use Slack at Emmaus, um, and we, we have a slack though that's kind of constantly going and, uh, that allows us to kind of keep some of the business there and it affords us some opportunities for just fun and fellowship at the elders meetings. So sometimes that means we invite our wives and we'll do like an elders and wives gathering where we, you know, have dinner and we check in on each other's marriages and just kind of laugh and have fun together. Uh, sometimes that means we do something fun together, like actually go out and have a meal or, or whatever, maybe, or even just give 20 minutes to just joking and shooting the breeze. Luckily at our elder team, we've, we actually enjoy being around one another. Like we, we actually like each other, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is helpful. Um, What's that like? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then another thing, another component that's really important to the Emmaus elder strategy is we have learned it has become it is a really great avenue for elder development. And so we actually let some of our pastoral residents in to the elder meetings uh, because we think that is the best place for them to truly see under the hood. Now, we have what we call open session and executive session. Yeah. Executive session is where we need to share really sensitive information that we would not want to go beyond our elder team. So church discipline issues or marital issues or what have you. So we're very careful to protect the um, you know, the confidentiality that should be there in a healthy way for church leadership. But at the same time, even in the open sessions of our elder meetings, 
uh, we're, we're dealing with real issues. We're trying to decide what to preach and, you know, should we pass a statement about this particular cultural issue or should we not? Or should we, how should we address, you know, what's going on on social media right now or what, you know, name your issue. And our pastoral residents get to watch us process that together and take care of one another. And so that's kind of 30,000 foot kind of what happens at an Emmaus elder meeting. Uh, so I'd love for you to kind of share your experience and ask questions about what I said or what have you. Yeah. Um, it actually, um, the, the elders meetings at, at my last church were very, very similar. Um, <clears throat> that's reassuring. Yeah, we, we, well, <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah. we, we met once a month. Um, I was the only vocational pastor and all the other guys were, um, were lay pastors. Uh, and we met on Monday evening. Um, I want to, I think it was always the last Monday of the month. So sometimes it was a third, you know, fourth Monday. Sometimes there was a fifth Monday, mostly the fourth Monday of the month. Um, and it was, um, in, in our minds, largely about talking over the pastoral care of the church and things related to the vision of the church, how the church is going. So the spiritual health of the church, but we had, um, one way we kept some of the the businessy type stuff out of it, and I think, you know, the those who ask this question are often, I think, trying to figure that out. How do you, yeah, manage that inter, you know, interplay between uh, the business stuff and it's just a business meeting and really the spiritual care. Uh, we had uh, a a deacon board um, at our church who handled, you know, most of those sort of practicalities, the financial stuff, budgetary stuff, um, the you know, church maintenance stuff, all that kind of thing. And, and I, and I, and I'm, you know, I attended the deacons meeting as well, which was uh, once a month also. Um, and, and so that was kind of where, you know, I would kind of lead or direct in that area so that then at the elders meeting, we really minimized getting bogged down in number crunching and, you know, church maintenance and all, all those sorts of things. Um, and we could kind of focus on spiritual care. Now, one thing that we had done and I know a lot of churches do this, is, uh, you know, we would go through our membership directory and every elder was responsible for uh, essentially a, a flock within the flock, a certain number of people or families in that, mem- you know, in the membership. And so there would be reports and 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 I would have one as well. Um, but for, you know, for every, you know, every family or member of the church, there was a, a first line elder basically who was directly responsible for them. Now, as the, as the only vocational elder, those lay, you know, lay elders could pass things on to me if they felt like, Jared, this probably really needs your attention or they, you know, you should go meet with them or, but they were authorized as elders to handle the situation as they saw fit. And then we would kind of bring those reports in, um, into those meetings, how so and so doing? Anybody have anything to share? How you know in in, in terms of the people you're responsible for that we should know about, be praying about? I would also tend to bring kind of a monthly pastors report, lead pastors report, just to kind of get them up to speed on what I'd been doing for the last three weeks or last month, um, the you know day to day ministry stuff, especially um, as we began branching out and planning you know church plant stuff, all those sorts of things. Those are all things I want to keep the other pastors abreast of who I met with. I met with this pastor. We had a good conversation about this, that, the other thing. Um, you know, I went to go meet with a church planting organization. You know, in the next town over, and um, so I'm just bringing kind of a pastor's report um, mm-hmm. as a means of accountability. And, and also just to keep them up to speed so they're not in the dark about what's going on um, on, on on a regular basis as well. We spent a lot of time in prayer 
Yeah. Same. Um, yeah. You know, I tried to really take to heart, um, you know, that when the, you know, when the diaconate is established in, in, in acts, um, the, the, the role for the, for eldership is defined as, uh, ministry of the word and prayer, prayer ministry mm-hmm. of the word. And so we wanted to make sure we spent a lot of time praying for our church, kind of, um, you know, carrying our burden of the flock and casting it into the Lord, um, as well. Um, one thing that we did, and, and I would echo you, um, your appraisal of the meetings as well. I, I, uh, um, always enjoyed those meetings, even when they, um, uh, you know, maybe enjoyment is not the right word. Sometimes they were difficult if there's a church discipline issue or something. But I never drug my feet to go to an elders meeting. And I never walked away going, what a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and these were like super long because we met once a month. We didn't yep. put an end time on the thing. We said, guys, I think we started at 6 or 6.30 p.m. Uh, because we need you know, some of our guys get home from work, have dinner with their families, and then they would come. But we didn't say this ends at 9 or this. We just said it starts at 6.30. Mm-hmm. And so there's some Monday nights I'm not getting home till midnight, depending on what's going on. Um, we just thought, hey, we're just here to dwell and be with each other and talk about the life of our church. And that's going to go as long as it needs to go. Sometimes it's shorter than others, but very often, um, yeah, we're pushing 10, 11 o'clock um, on, you know, in that in that meeting. But I never walked away going, gosh, what a waste or you yeah. know, wish we, you know, why do we do this or anything like that? Um, now I can't say the same about deacons meetings, but, <laughs> but, but elders meetings, um, were always in a way, a reminder to me of, gosh, this is what ministry is Yep. and, and being in ministry with brothers. So, okay. Um, look, let me ask you this, just as a way as kind of, of kind of, you know, off ramping the uh, discussion, what are some for you, I think, um, not red flags, but some things to look out for things you may want to avoid in, in elders meetings or, um, signs that your elders meetings may not be as fruitful as, as, as you need them to be. What are some things, some, uh, guys listening should be kind of on the lookout for, um, I should also mention that we had men, um, we opened up to any man in the church, um, to attend in, in the same way. We said any man in the church can attend as, as almost an extension of their discipleship. Cause we had men's discipleship meetings, uh, on the first and third Mondays. Uh, of every month. And then we say, you know, you can come to the elders meeting and sit in mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, you know, part of that was an extension of their discipleship to see how the pastors are pastoring, um, in that moment. Um, but another part of it was, uh, trans, you know, transparency as well that you, you know, we kind of let you in. Um, but we did have executive session as well. Uh, um, very often we would say, okay, you know, we'd have that point of saying, we're going to enter executive session. So, you know, you guys are welcome, uh, um, you know, to be dismissed, that sort of thing. But what are some things that you would say? Um, yeah, be careful about that. Or if you're doing too much of this or, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that you would kind of mention. Yeah, that's a good question. I would, um, I would say we, one of the things we have figured out at our church, at least is, um, you know, each elder serves, such an important role. And, you know, one of our elders, for example, is going to be the one who makes sure that we never capitulate on cultural issues. And another one of our elders is the one who makes sure that we're never going to go into debt on financial issues. And one of the things that I have learned is, and, you know, and other elders do this as well, but uh, I have learned that in my my role often is kind of the, the relational glue. Um, 
I really am sensitive to what the other elders are thinking and feeling in those elder meetings. And I have learned a red flag for us is when we can't talk to one another about what we're sensing that the person is feeling. So uh, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's not uncommon for us to say, hey, brother, I sense that you're disappointed with where we've resolved with this decision. Do you want, you know, another chance to, to name that disappointment or something like that? You know, that that's not uncommon to like, say, I'm sensing this about you. And they might say, Oh no, 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 sorry. You know, I, you're misreading it. I'm actually totally happy. Or they might say, Hey, thank you so much for, for, you know, feeling that. And actually I do, I feel this. And what, what that typically does is allows us to resolve uh, with a little more unity, even if we've already like resolved something, it allows us to have a little more unity walking forward. And during this last year, man, unity has been the name of the game. Uh, 2020, 2021, there has been a lot to become disunified over. Yeah. And we have fought hard to maintain unity in the church. And so, um, you know, right now, pastors are just dealing with difficult stuff. I mean, we had a we had a long elders meeting this last week just about CRT. That's all we talked about. And I won't go into details there, but just, you know, we just came together as a church or as a, as an elder body and said, what do we think about this? What are we doing? How do we shepherd our people with wisdom? We're not trying to make, you know, public statements or I'm not trying to pastor social media. Definitely not. But I, we're, we're asking these questions on behalf of our people, you know, yeah. and uh, we had to be able to have that kind of transparency with another of like, Hey brother, I sense that you're frustrated. Can you speak to that? <laughs> and uh, if I ever can't do that, that's a big red flag to me. So that might be more relational than what you were looking for in your answer. But I do think that has been something that's been important for us. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I think you, that's if good. If you have any more practical things, I think that would be helpful. Yeah, I mean, I think just keeping on guard that your elder meeting does not become riddled with, you know, business items, ticky-tack yeah. business items. Now, sometimes it's just unavoidable. Um, but to the extent that you're able to keep the meeting focused on the spiritual care of, of the congregation. And so in prayer and in your discussions that you're focused on actually, you know, on shepherding the flock and the spiritual direction of the flock and the spiritual growth um, of the flock. Now, in terms of kind of the nuts and bolts stuff, I think if you have a mix of lead pastors, uh, uh, you know, lead pastor and, um, you know, support pastors or uh, mm. you know, vocational elder, non-vocational elders. I think sometimes it's, it, it, it's important for the vocational elder or the lead pastor um, to not be the first to weigh in on every mm-hmm. issue or discussion. Uh, maybe even the first to vote if you're voting on certain items just to avoid any kind of undue um, influence. Um, you know, the, I, I suppose there could be, you know, wrong reasons to do that, but I just think, to embrace as much parity as possible, which I think is Im- important for, you know, plurality of, of eldership. If everyone's a pastor, if you're calling everyone a pastor, you need to strive for as much parity as possible. Even if one guy's the one who's preaching the most or the one guy who's full-time staff or whatever it is, I think sometimes that particular um, leader may want to um, not try to lead out as much. And in fact, mm-hmm. if you can have someone who could be like a chairman of the meeting, who's not the lead pastor, sometimes that is, you know, can be helpful as well. Um, it just kind of changes the authoritative climate in, in the room. Sometimes it depends, 
you know, it depends on the elder board, depends on, on, on who's involved. But I know, like, for instance, I've heard uh, that uh, uh, Dever up in Capitol Hill, um, there are times where he doesn't speak in discussions until later on. You know, he's not because he doesn't want, for whatever reason, his influence or, or his authority or whatever it is to have an undue influence on what other people are thinking or prohibit people mm-hmm. from from disagreeing that's a major mm-hmm. reason as well if i say something and maybe an elder who thinks like well you know if mark thinks this then i shouldn't you know say opposite or we'll just go along with that but no you want people to be you know to be able to speak freely um you know to be able to speak from their own convictions and, and not feel undue pressure so that may be something kind of on the nuts and bolts in to think about yeah um as as well and and then even in votes um you know if you really do believe in 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 parity to you know regardless of your position that you submit to um mm-hmm. you know those matters where you were outvoted um i mean i can think of one in particular was the most significant uh vote that we had, um, had ever undergone and i was on the losing end of it um and and i just you know at on the other side i just thought i think y'all are wrong and in a way i think this is unwise actually but um i really you know i really do believe in this uh plurality stuff and so I'm going to submit to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the vote. So those are some things I think probably to think about. Yeah, that's um, great as well. Yeah, man, it's been a good conversation. I hope this has been helpful to our our listeners um, as well. Uh, yeah, just I'm want to encourage pastors who, yep. who 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 love their flocks. And this question comes from not just a desire, I think, to be more effective or efficient, but a desire to say, how can we love our flock well, even mm-hmm. in in these meetings. And that's a, and that's a good desire, good passion. So I commend, um, this actually came as part of a mailbag, uh, you know, call for mailbag topics. And I thought it'd be, you know, be worthy of a standalone episode. So I commend that good brother for asking the question and, and and every brother out there who is shepherding a church in this difficult, weird season, God bless you. God loves you. We're proud of you. (laughs) Keep going. And as always, your listener, if you enjoy the podcast, please give us a good review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.